they go back 40 plus years or so playing games like b-ball and tic-tac-toe years later when Trey asked that's a sub put me in coach and get people up above i possibly may be a little wild and raucous the known ass in the streets caucus not nursery rhymes but they hustling and grinding trying to find something for your ears they don't play cake rather they educate to quote tj Trey, let me elucidate la mike has the thought of the week and as they say Streets 861. That's in the streets 861. You can find me on Instagram. I'm sorry, on Instagram at um, excuse me, let's try that again. Please follow us on Twitter at in the streets 861. That is in the streets x61 on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at TJ TRE underscore 2094. Excuse me, you can find LA Mike on Twitter. I'm sorry, you can find us on Instagram at LA Mike TJ Trey. We're gonna get this right tonight, Mike. LA Mike TJ Trey. You can follow LA Mike on Instagram at DA underscore messenger underscore speak. You can find us on Facebook at In the Streets with LA Mike and TJ Trey. And you can find us also on Spotify. Yes, that is on Spotify at In the Streets with LA Mike and TJ Trey. Again, we are coming to you from the Catch Me Out Zoomcast. LA Mike from the fabulous Staples Center in beautiful, beautiful downtown Los Angeles. That will be the house that Kobe Bryant built. That's right, 24 myself, I'm coming to you once again from Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters in scenic Westchester County, New York, Mike. And as a matter of fact, if you listen real close, you might hear Wolverine sharpening his claws. Okay, Wolverine, he ain't playing around, brother. No, he ain't. No, he ain't. <laughs> playing no games. All right, um, but now it is time for me to bring on my co-host, my homie, the guy who helped to make all of this possible. He might be a Lakers fan for now, but he is all right with me, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Mr. L.A. Mike. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, I'm good. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing well myself, brother. As usual, I am glad to be here, glad to, to, to hang with you and our Congressional Industries Caucus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But we are brought to you tonight by... Your favorite sponsor, Mike, QB parties and events for birthday parties. What, there is not one party you can have that they don't cover. Not birthday one. Party, not not one. one. Birthday parties, weddings, bar mitzvahs, anniversaries. I forget, Mike. What else did you say it was? Uh, no more child support. And? Coming out parties. And divorce parties. Cannot leave that one out for all of your party needs. The queen has got you covered. Please check them out at QB Parties. <laughs> Please 
parties and events bpweb.com we're mike on the docket for tonight we kind of touched on this last week but it's a developing story as we said last week this um yeah this shooting in in um uvalde texas man gunman, 18 year old government unloaded now there's some 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 things that they're saying about the police response we're going to get into that but first mike in the news and we always got to give ups to where we get our information from this news right. story I got from one of our listeners. She's not on here yet, but it would be Constance. There was a, a, a woman in Missouri, pregnant woman who was shot by the police. Mm -hmm. Now, let's give some, some context for the story. There was a carjacking. Mm -hmm. The pregnant woman was in the carjacked car at a family dollar with whoever I presumably carjacked the car. I mean, we cannot excuse them being in a stolen car. This was somebody else's car. Somebody worked with his car, and they car. Well, it was carjacked. Don't mm. know if she was involved in the carjacking or not. Don't want to put that out there. But she was in the vehicle that was carjacked mm. when it was spotted at a family dollar store. Please call. Um, they. There's a couple of stories here. The police say that the, the man jumped out and ran. They chased him mm -hmm. down. They said the woman jumped out with a weapon in her hand. Mm. Now, there's an, eye, an eyewitness who declined to give her, 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 her last name. I think her name is, um, let's see, I'm trying to find it right here. I'm, oh, hmm. Shadanya, I'm probably butchering her name, but I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm doing my best. So she said she saw the guy get out in front across the fence. The woman mm -hmm. got out with her hands up saying, hey, I'm pregnant. She ended up being shot. Wow. So um, she is in a, she 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 didn't she didn't pass away. She is in the hospital. Um, but she mm -hmm. was she was shot by the police. They had been as usual placed on administrative leave. I'm not sure if you heard about the story or not, but what are your thoughts? You know, I mean, two rights don't make a wrong. Correct. If she was in so-called stolen vehicle, uh, she got out as you say, with her hands up, say, I am pregnant. You know, the retraining of these police officers is not being stressed enough. No, they don't want you to, you know, deform or reform, deform the police officers, but there has been too many incidents time and time again of innocent people being shot because well, we thought he had a gun or it looked like a gun or he didn't comply, you know? And unfortunately, and the way it's being said is they were black, you know? And it's like it's all out hunting season on black or white. I mean, a black male or black woman. It's just getting to the point now, it's just so sad and ridiculous that every day we are turning the news on and someone is being shot. I seen an incident where a Chicago police officer was off duty. Uh, some incident where uh, someone was being carjacked or they were trying to steal a car. And supposedly she said, hold it, freeze, police. A shot was fired back at her and she shot back uh, at them in a crowd, supposedly of innocent bystanders. Now, they said the vehicle was trying to be stolen or in the process of being carjacked. She happened to be off duty. Now she's off with administrative leave 
pending, you know, investigation. You know, it's like when they are trying to do right, they're wrong. When they're doing wrong, they're right. You know, there's got to be some justification somewhere, you know, and Black people have to stop being shot, you know, unnecessarily, especially when you come with your hands out and you're a pregnant woman. What if they thought she had a gun underneath her, her shirt? You know, it, it's sad, a pregnant mother, you know, but like I say, two wrongs don't make a right. If by chance you were in a vehicle that you know was stolen, I'm not saying it warrants you to get shot, you know, but there are consequences that comes with choices and decisions of your action. Did she deserve to be shot being pregnant? No, she did not. But come on, lady, you know better than being in a stolen car. Yeah. You know better. I agree. That's why I, initially I said, you know, car was carjacked and they were in someone spotted at the family dollar. Mm -hmm. I mean, Breonna Taylor was in a bed sleep. Okay. Uh, Philando Castillo was in a passenger side of the seat of a car. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. That's, that is, I mean, not saying that this, that they were wrong for shooting this pregnant woman, because right. by all accounts, she did not have a weapon with her. But I'm just exactly. saying, we, we have to, I mean, especially knowing the climate we're living in, we have to do a better job of not letting ourselves get into situations like this. That's all exactly. I'm trying to say. Uh, exactly. Again, not absolving the officer shooting her, but I'm just saying, you know what's wrong when you get a stolen car. Yes. You know what's wrong with spending stolen money that came out of somebody's purse. You, you know exactly. You know right from wrong. So we have to, as black people, have to do a better, uh, a better job of not putting ourselves in precarious type of situations that so that they can't say he had a gun, she had a gun. Right. You know that pregnant woman didn't have no gun. Give me a freaking break. She jumped out of the car with a gun. So, yeah, but again, this story, I'm sorry, I think somebody's got something that they want to say. And since she did give us the story, we're going to give her the floor for a second, Mike, if you don't mind. Constance, sure, go ahead. thank you for joining us tonight. Hello, guys. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello. And they shot her five times. Mm. Yeah. But that was another thing. I'm like, why five times? Wow. And then after they shot her, they, they obviously, they cuffed her. On they the handcuffed her while she was on the ground. Bleeding. Yeah. She was bleeding. And they told her to get on the ground from what I'm reading. Now, I'm reading this on an NBC News report. I mean, I did get the story from Constance, but I looked it up on NBC News, and they're saying that she explained to them, I, I really can't be getting down on the ground because I'm pregnant. Mm. So, had it down on the ground, and they, you know, it's like just treating like she's an animal like they usually do. Wow. So, and again, once again, I, uh, I want to, again, once again, thanks Constance. She gave me that story. She sent it to me about, about a half hour ago. So, okay. Thanks again for that. We 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 got some of the best listeners. They always they always come on. They they loyal, and then they always help us out with content, and we we appreciate that. I see another hand raised. Need the mic before we go on. It looks like uh, Thaddeus has a comment. Good evening, Thaddeus. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for joining us tonight. How you doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, I got I got a question. Um, you know, a lot of these stories come out about law enforcement. There's always like this this full on attack about law enforcement. We talk about how. You know, we hunted down like animals and things of that sort when it comes to law enforcement. 2020, we had over 500 whites who were killed by blacks. 
240, I'm sorry, two, 500 whites who were killed by law enforcement. We had 240 blacks who were killed by law enforcement. Okay, that's 2020. Um, my question is this, is when we talk about blacks being hunted, less than less than 1% of blacks who are killed every year are killed by, 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 by law enforcement, okay? But like I said, we average about 8,000 homicides per year in the black community. Where's, where's the outrage about that? One, also, when we talk about police training and police reform and things of that sort, but what about citizen reform? What about citizen training? We never, we never hear anything about that. It's like we, we, give, we give people, criminals, passes every single time just for, just, just for the sake of this attack on law enforcement. You look at the situations about, like you say, this young lady was in a, in a, in a car that was carjacked, okay? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. I'm not saying that the cop was right because the full details aren't out, okay? But also, if she was not in that, in, in that situation, would she have, have gotten shot? Okay. Um, I, I don't want to cut you off. Were you, were you done with your point before I respond to you, Thaddeus? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Thanks for your point, Thaddeus. Good, good points there. Mike, you want to go first? You me take it. You know, he, he's making some valid points. Hmm? And like we said, we don't know the full details of it. And I do agree. I've said this before. Until we stop shooting and killing each other, apparently Black lives won't matter. And we have to stop acting a fool, talking about we're going to riot, we're going to loot. When there is a black, uh, I mean, a white officer that shoots someone black, we have to. Until we start justifying and say, hey, black lives matter, whether it's a black on black crime or whether a white cop shoots a black guy, we have to stand up and stick together. Now, as far as the situation with her being shot five times and she's letting them know she is pregnant, I believe that that's a bunch of crap because clearly as a officer you are trained to look at every detail every detail i don't know if she was six months pregnant i don't know if she was nine months pregnant but if she said hey i'm pregnant and i can't get down on the ground how hard was it for an officer to go over there to see if she's pregnant okay ma'am sit her down on the curve we need to find out what's what. But you shoot her five times, first of all, then you handcuff her after she said, I'm pregnant. To me, the, the, the laws and the citizens, there's no communication. There's none. I think, Thomas, you put something up. If we can't stop them with, uh, what was it, AR-14 or AR-15 rifle, why should a teacher have to do that job? You know, the laws are made, are they there to help us or protect us? You know, it's a flip of a coin. And right now, that is said, you know, the hunt of the black people. I just feel at this point in time, we got targets on our back. Why? We won't know. There won't be any truth about, hey, you know what? We just don't want y'all here. We don't like y'all. But like I said, until we as black people come together and say, hey, man, shooting another black man ain't right and stick by it then and only then will we start getting our just dues. Uh, good points, Mike. Um, I want to respond to Thaddeus also. There's a lot to unpack in what Thaddeus uh, and what he said. Again, as I think Thaddeus said before, all the details are not out about the situation. I'm not even really sure from what I'm reading on NBC what order, what happened. I'm not yeah. sure what she told him she was pregnant. 
you know, all I'm knowing, all I'm reading is that she did inform that she was pregnant. What you said about us doing certain things, I mentioned that earlier, maybe I don't know if Thaddeus hadn't logged in yet. I was saying before I started was saying that she was in a carjack vehicle and that we as Black people have to stop putting us in, putting ourselves in these positions to be running from the cops. Whether we, I mean, we just, if we just, um, I don't know, broke somebody's window in a car or something, you know, shot somebody. We have to stop putting us in ourselves. So that is, I'm saying that we need to be more accountable for our own yeah. actions. Because as Thaddeus said, had she not been in a, in a carjack vehicle, she might be at, a, at home watching TV right now. Mm-hmm. Instead of being in the hospital with five yeah. them. So, yeah. Yeah, so, but as far as what he, he mentioned about how many white people were shot last year and how many black people were, I get that. But, but my only problem with that is there are numerous accounts of, of a white person being arrested with Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he he's walking down the street with a gun, trying to turn himself in, and they're like, "Yeah, you okay?" You know, there are numerous accounts of white people doing things and going to jail, and there are numerous accounts of us in a Starbucks. The black guy a couple of years ago, he was working with mentally disabled people, and mm-hmm. one of the people that he was helping had an episode. He's trying to help them. He's down on the ground and the cops shot him. So what yeah. I'm saying is there are, it seems like when Mike says, or when I may say that we have targets on our backs, those types of situations don't seem to make sense to me. In, in situations where you're doing something with you white and you get taken to Burger King, Dylan Roof, and then taken to jail, or if it's, you know, again, it's all about accountability. We have to be accountable for our own actions as well. Mm-hmm. We're not condoning those people being in a carjack, stolen, we want to call it car, because it was wrong. But at the same time, just because you did something wrong, even if you robbed somebody, I'm not saying, if somebody robbed me, I'm going to be pissed. But that doesn't mean they deserve to die. Right. I hope I've, um, we've responded to that. Again, Thaddeus, we want to thank you for all of your points you made, because you made some very valid points. And I, we were just trying to respond to you. Um, was there anything that you had that you wanted to talk about, Mike, before we go on? I know that I got one more thing, but you can go ahead. If you got um, I know you sent me the thing about uh, Brittany Griner. It's on 100 days. No movement, no action, no nothing. You know, I hope she realizes and understands for her sake to try to keep her sanity. That's got to be pretty hard, you know, to be detained for this long, not knowing your fate, not knowing anything, you know. Um, like I said, the it, WNBA is working as diligently as they can. They have people in there. I know they're not trying to rock the boats per se because of what's going on, you know, and she never returns, you know, but it's almost like, are they really trying hard enough, you know, to get this young lady home, you know, and once again, because of a choice of lifestyle she made, She's being punished. She's just trying to make an honest living. And they said a lot of the WNBA players go over there to make money. I think I'm praying that she gets home. I think the WNBA is going to have to do something a little bit differently to get money generated in this. I do believe because the WNBA is the bigger brother and there are billions and billions and billions of dollars I believe each one of these owners need to adopt that team in their city 
to try to increase the pay for these women because they're playing their butts off. I mean, sometimes their games are a lot more exciting to watching the men play, you know, but to keep our WNBA women safe so they don't have to go to a foreign country and get caught up in this situation like Brittany Griner, I think they're going to have to pump some money in, into this. And unfortunately, Kobe Bryant was the guy who was trying to do that. But due to his, you know, tragic death, it's like nobody wants to pick up the ball and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pick off what Kobe left. Um, Jason Tatum is getting a lot of blowback because he said he texted Kobe. He had the band. If you want to honor Kobe's legacy, especially knowing that Gigi was going to probably be in the WNBA, this money that you guys are throwing up in the strip clubs and buying cars and all that, let's take that and put that in the pot for the WNBA, uh, WNBA women to keep them safe and keep them here. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. That let, me you, let me ask you a question, Mike, because you, you followed mm -hmm. this a lot closer than I have. From, mm -hmm. from what you're reading or what you're uh, seeing, what are her options? I mean, what options do they have as far as getting her out of there? I mean, Drugs? No. They're not even they're not even discussing that anymore. Hmm. The bottom line is because yeah. she is a woman who is gay. Right. That's basically where it comes at. They haven't said anything else about the drugs. They haven't even had a saying it. It was been known to be drugs. No test. They're not even talking about that anymore. Hmm. You know, it, the bottom line is is because she is a gay woman, and she is being frowned upon because of where she is at. You know. And the options, because like I said, what's going on with Ukraine and them fighting, the, the United States really doesn't want to just kind of get in and, you know, they, they're trying to do their part, but they're doing it from afar. Like, hey, if you just go this way and you go that way, but I didn't tell you which way to go. I'm just saying, you know, so basically what is falling on is falling on the president of the WNBA. I know Silverman is trying to get involved, you know. But nobody wants to tarnish their image with, oh, what if it really was drugs? Okay, if it was drugs, bring her back home, do like they do with anybody else. Suspend them, but get the girl back home safely. You know, period. You know, it's just a point in time of when are you going to let these players know they're not the people where you just say, shut up and dribble the basketball. Let them know they mean something. Let them know they are human. We, we, we care about you. We care about your well-being. And get her back home safely. You know, mm -hmm. we hope that her mindset stays strong and uplifted and upbeat. But really, from what I'm reading, it's really, it's not even a 50-50 chance anymore. Yeah. So it's just really sad. It's a touch-and-go situation, you know. And like I said, I follow it really close because I've been watching Brittany Griner since she was in the uh in college and i'm like she's going to be a force so um did you have anything else or um i think we did talk about the fact that Callan kaepernick did have a um tryout no i, I don't think he did yeah um with the raiders you're talking about uh yeah with the raiders yeah um and i and i was listening i know you don't like him too much but um stephen a smith said <laughs> Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Stephen A. Smith said, I'm glad, but are the NFL really going to utilize him for who he is, or are they going to try to put him in situations like Tim Tebow 
Cam Newton, you know, instead of making him the quarterback that they need, are they going to put him in as an option where they throw him the ball and then he goes and he throws a pass because basically Callan Kaepernick is a, is a quarterback. You mean like a wildcat situation? Yes, yes. And he's saying, I hope that's not what they're going to do. Either he's going to be a quarterback or he's not, you know. And if he gets in this situation where he wants to be in there in the NFL so bad and he settles for these roles, he says, then I don't want to hear nothing else about, oh, they didn't give me a chance because you took this opportunity. You knew what the situation was going to be. Now you got to deal with it. You know, from what I'm from what I'm reading, the uh, I, I keep wanting to call them Oakland, the Las the Las Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. are, are was the only team that I high I saw on ESPN, ESPN.com that the that the Las Vegas Raiders are the only team that I that, that they're saying had shown an interest in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see them. I would be surprised if they put him in, in so sort of a wildcat package and then let him that language from the bench. I think mm-hmm. it might be a situation where he be just a backup that don't get no clock. Yeah, uh, that, that could happen unless I mean, but you never know. People get hurt all the time in the NFL. Yeah, but I don't, I don't. I, that would be that would be pretty bad if they used him as because he wasn't even really. He was a pocket quarterback when he when he played. Yeah, players. I mean, yeah. He, he could use his legs to move. Yeah, but he he stayed in the, he he was a quarterback. Yeah, he, so, he wasn't the fastest guy. He was, pretty, he was pretty quick, but he was yeah. he was like it was like a, a deceptive speed. Yeah, so he was like Michael Vick quick, but he was he could right. you know he could get around people when and you know you know shimmy and, and shake folks. But right. I was he's not like a Michael Vick even type of a quarterback. I'd be surprised. I would have never ever thought of taking a three with 14 seconds left. I'm going to the basket. I'm trying to get the the three point play. I'm going to the free throw line. I'm winning the game from there. I'm going with a for sure layup, especially like you said, you got Al Horford. Not the best defensive player, but you got speed to get around him. You got the moves to fake him out. Use what you have been doing, your Euro step, to get to the bucket. So Jimmy Buckets went, like I said, to Jimmy Busted, and he's got to live with that. You know, uh, unfortunately, once they did that, that was their season. But you, you know, know you might, I, will, I, will, I do want to say this, but I don't mean to cut you off, but mm-hmm. he, again, like you said before, he had played every second of the game. Mm-hmm. So you got to need, do you think maybe he didn't have, I know he didn't have, the, the, the shot was online, but it was just short. You know when the shots come up like that? Yeah. Legs tight. Yeah, yeah. So that, so he yeah. had a, Maybe he wasn't the person to take that shot. If, you, if you're in that position, maybe you need to. He wasn't. Again, this time, you said there was, what, 14 seconds left on the clock. 14 seconds left on the clock. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe he was tired and did feel like going around Horford. I don't think Horford could have stopped him. He can, he can, he can defend big men. Right. But, I, but I think Jimmy should, I don't know. But the thing that, another thing that, that kind of confused me about that was they had, they were slowing Boston up. They were so they, they were they weren't scoring. I mean, if you go down there and you hit the two, hit the, the, the two, okay, now it's a tight game. You might be able to get a stop or whatever. I I just didn't understand that, but well, well could have won the overtime. My thing of it is, Tom, exactly. we're in a situation. 
It's win or go home. I don't give a damn how much my leg hurt. If I know I can wheel my team to get to the championship, I'm going to worry about the aches and pains later. Matter of fact, what aches, what pain? I'm going to the ship. Like I said, he had been Euro-stepping. He had been getting to the bucket, finishing strong. I am not taking, especially if I know whatever part of my lift in my game is not where I need to be for me to shoot a three, I'm bringing as closest to the basket as I possibly can. Draw some contact. Draw some contact. Yes. Yes. I mean, the fouls were going evenly both ways. Some of them were, you know, BS calls, but they were going both ways. They were being called. I'm getting Al Horford up in the air with a head fake, getting that ball up, spin move, something. I am taking it to the basket. That way I know for sure I got two free throws I can knock down. And what does that do? It stops the clock. Yep. All it takes is they either uh, turn over the ball, jump ball, whatever. And even if the game expired, I, we got a chance to win the game in overtime. I mean, like I said, that to me was just a bad shot that Jimmy Buckets took. And like you said, he's spot on from the side, yes. you know. But right there, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a clear look. I mean, because Al Horford had bagged up so much, it was like he gave it. He said, shoot the damn ball. Shoot it. I dare you. And Jimmy Buckets missed it. Yeah, he did. And this is one of the commentators. I forget which one of them was. They said, I can live with that shot. I can yeah. live. He said he can live with Jimmy taking that shot. I did not agree. We've got um, somebody who wants to, to jump in on this conversation, Mike. Nate, good evening, brother. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Good evening. Good evening, panel. What's going on, man? Hey, um, hey. I just wanted to comment real quick on uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, he's a hard play. He's a hard, hard worker. You know, I respect that. But as much money as those guys make, I wouldn't expect anything less. You should work that hard getting paid 25 to 30 to $40 million a year, brother. That's a lot of money not to give your all. Um, the second point is that to me, personally, nothing against Jimmy basketball-wise. He talks too much to me. He ran his mouth talking about we're going to win game seven, and he looks stupid. Just play the game and be quiet, man. You know what I mean? A lot of these players, man, they just kind of get a little bit, you know, ahead of themselves by speaking. I get it. It's passion. It's adrenaline. That's how you feeling. But he said after they won game six, we're going to win game seven, too. You know what I mean? So just let your play do the talking, man. LeBron does it a lot, too. That's why nothing against him personally. But on the court, these guys, man, they just – feel everything they feel they say you don't have to say everything that you think yeah. man you know and that's the part i don't like about the game man it's like these guys you know this, this microphone is just a platform for them to express things that ain't got nothing to do with basketball sometimes things that they're unqualified to speak on but to keep it in, in retrospect about the game you know it was a good game and you know my last name is boston of course so i'm, I'm winning either <laughs> way it go because i do like golden state i do like golden state but let's give credit what credit is due uh, Boston's coach is a good coach. Udoka is a good coach. He yeah. let, let's also get credit to Boston's management, okay? They went and got Al Horford back. They gave up Kimba Walker, got Al Horford back. And mm -hmm. I'm going to make this last point. The Bulls should take notes from both of these teams that are in the finals because I believe I said this before, if I did, I'm going to say it now. Mm -hmm. Your core has to be drafted. Look at the finals, guys. See, Steph Curry. Hey, Nate, you sound, you, you're breaking up, brother. Can you hear me? 
Gotcha. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was saying about the core. You have to have a core. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green. That's Golden State's core, correct? Mm-hmm. All three of those guys were drafted and developed by Golden State. Boston, you have Tatum, Brown, and Smart. Drafted by them, right? Mm-hmm. To be developed. Their core. The Bulls, who have they developed, guys? Who have they drafted that, that has become a part of their core to get them where they are now? Nobody. Kobe White is out the door. They got rid of Market and they got rid of Wendell Carter. They got rid of Bobby Portis. Zach Levine is a free agent. DeRozan is a free agent. These are guys who they signed. So the point that I'm making is that hats off to Miami and what Jimmy did up to this point. But like Ricky Bobby said on Talladega Nights, if you're not first, you're last. So he'll be forgot about within a week. So, and that's it. Oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. Thanks. Good points, Nate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, but so, so, what are you looking like for the uh, see, uh, series here, Mike? I was, um, I, I was a little bit disappointed in Boston's play. I thought I did want them to win. I don't think that they they don't seem to have like they have. I'm that they've got what it takes to get past Golden State. Golden State's, I mean, like that that core that Nate just mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, Clay Thompson is just playing like he was three years ago all over again. It's like, uh, it's, it's I think it's gonna. What do you think? I'm thinking like what five, six games. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah. Um, I look at, you know, I was talking to a guy today. He was like, the size, the size. Yeah. Looney, out of Porter, Poole, you know, those guys are known to hit the boards. Iquodawa never played. He walked around in his dress clothes all game. This is his time. You're going to see Iguodawa do some things. He's going to play. I just think that Boston... I love him. I would love to see Tatum get a ring, you know. But Golden State, I got Golden State in five. Wow. 18-year-old young yeah. man. Yeah. A couple of days after he turned 18, goes out and buys an AR-15 and, like, like I forgot how many rounds, about 1,500 rounds mm-hmm. of ammo, whatever it was. And I don't I mean, I'm, I'm not sure – what could make an 18-year-old man go to a an elementary school and, and, and just tell people you today you're gonna die and just start shooting people? I, I just I, I've been trying to wrap my head around that. This is such a sad situation. Yeah. No one seems to be willing to do anything about it. You want to talk about gun laws or or, or, or enforcing even the gun laws that we already have in the books that people want to say, well, they want to come up with all kinds of excuses. I don't know if you saw the video of Tech who some guy confronted him. Mm-hmm. In a restaurant or whatever, and I mean, it's it's just they're in bed with with the with the NRA and the gun lobbies. Yeah. So they're not really in a. I'm talking about these politicians in Washington. So they're not in. They're not really in a hurry to do anything to no. uh, to correct the situation. It should not be for, an 18 year old has no need for an AR-15. Right. I, honestly, if you're not in, you want an AR-15, sign up for the military, and then you can go somewhere and use it. Yeah. You don't really exactly. have a need for that kind of a weapon in the streets or just locally. I mean, you, I mean, you follow, you feel me? I mean, what do you think about that? You know, like you said, I, it makes me think back to when we was 18. Hmm. I don't think we was thinking about getting a gun. You know, I think if anything, we was excited about getting our driver's license you know, to be able to get in the car, drive, go hang out, do what we were going to do. I don't think we even had the fact of being violent, you know, or being emotional, disturbed or distressed. 
You know, I just think with the newer generation now, the younger generation, it's it's a lot of pressure on them, a lot of, you know, peer pressure, a lot of the social media things that we did, we had peer pressure, but it was nothing like this, you know, and I just never ever saw myself at 18 years old to my, man, I'm gonna give me a gun, I'm gonna shoot my grandmother, uh, I'm gonna go shoot up a school, you know, now they're talking about, you know, the cry for help, you know, the signs and everything like that. Uh, his mother now is crying and pleading for forgiveness. But how can you ask for forgiveness for maybe if that was the parent's only child? You know, um, you just don't know. It's sad that an 18-year-old that's so emotionally distressed, you know, depressed, you know, mental health issues, and his first thing was, I'm going to get a gun. They said they had been following, I guess now, they're looking at some of his old tweets and texts. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, well, you know, when I get a gun, he, he let people know he was going to shoot his grandmother. You know, they were trying to figure out if he was going to shoot the school up. He was like, nah, nah, just stay tuned. You know, but if you're texting this young man and you're having a conversation with him, even though you didn't pull the trigger, you're just as guilty as he is. How come no one said, hey, I've been talking to this dude online. This brother talking about doing some damage when he get a gun. He talking about killing some folks. Let's go investigate him. You know, where were they at? You know, we're quick to point the blame at other situations, but it all started in a conversation. If me and you, Thomas, are texting back and forth, and you tell me, yeah, man, when I get this gun, man, I'm going to go up to uh, Burger King and Cal Park, and I'm going to shoot everybody. I'm like, bro, you all right? What's going on? You know, can we talk about it? And if you say, no, man, no, I'm going to do it, I need to get on the phone. Right. And say, hey, you know what? I got a friend who's in trouble. This dude is talking about going to shoot up this McDonald's in Cal Park. You know, I don't know if they, they gave him a bad hamburger. His fries was cold. They gave him a flat pop. But we need to check this dude out. You might be mad at me, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to save your life as well as others. You're right. You know, and now it's, oh, what do we need to do about the gun laws? We need to do it about, and I get all that. But our first call was, this dude was crying out for help. I don't know nobody, especially not me, who want to go and shoot my grandmother. You know, everybody knows how much I love my grandma. And that's the last person I'm thinking about going to shoot. And then go shoot some kids who did nothing to me. You know, it's a, it's a sad situation that we have to constantly keep dealing with this type of situation year after year after year after year. And what do we have on the anniversary of the Caliban, on the anniversary of this, on the anniversary? They're not happy anniversaries. What, 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 what things have come out of this to say, hey, you know what? The next time this happens, matter of fact, it ain't going to be no next time. We're going to stop it right now. The shooting in Las Vegas when the man was shooting all the people at the concert. What has happened? Lobbyists don't want to change the gun laws, but yet and still, lives are being taken innocently every damn day. Yeah. I guess they won't be satisfied. Sadly to say, I ain't wishing nothing bad to what happens in their house. Then it'll be different. Yeah, I agree. But like you said before, these are cries out for help. This young man's sister, he asked his sister to purchase the gun for him initially, and she refused. Yes. yes. And so, and then you have, and this was like last year, 
And then you have people, he, he's, he's posting things on Instagram, like you said before. Mm-hmm. Somebody knew his, his sister, okay? That for some reason, when he asked her to purchase her gun, uh, when he asked her to purchase his gun, she refused. Why? Somebody knew something. Someone exactly. knew something was amiss with this young man. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that he was uh, mentally disturbed. I would think that you would have to be to shoot up a, a, a two classrooms for children. Yes. But as you, as you said before, you would, you, would, you would have told on me, and you should, and I would also, someone, his sister, somebody in his family, yes. now his mom's fine. I don't want to hear that. Not only that, though, Mike, the, the response by the police, they're waiting for a SWAT. I mean, they, they, um, NBC News again reports that Peter Arredondo, who's the police chief of uh, the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District, said they were waiting for, I guess you could say reinforcements. I guess they weren't sure. It seemed like they, didn't, they weren't sure how to act. I'm not saying that this was because I'm not saying that they did act because they were, it was predominantly Hispanic children that were affected by this, because he was Hispanic himself as well. But it seems like they did not know what to do. Because you got children calling 911, mm-hmm. several times calling 911, nothing was done. You know, I, uh, the, the post I put up that you spoke of earlier about if the policemen are afraid to engage someone with an AR 15, why right. do you want? We need to stop trying to require teach to, to do the same. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, and they're not really giving a good explanation as far as why that was the response. Let's go to our, our caucus to see what they had to say about this, Mike, if you don't mind. Let's go okay. up to, all right, we'll go, we'll go to, um, go to Constance. Constance, how you doing again? Good, you, good, good, good. Yeah, and I know you've been reading and watching about this. What are your thoughts? Uh, wow, it's a lot of thoughts. This, this is a real, another sad occasion that we have to constantly deal with um, these babies getting killed like this. Um, first of all, to go back to your last thought when you said, why didn't the police do something? They were scared. That's what I feel. They were scared. Simple and plain, they were scared. And that one man, that uh, one um, off-duty patrolman was going in to say his wife and his, and his daughter went in there to go take care of business because the policemen were scared. That's why they didn't do nothing. Um, so that's my, that, at least that's my opinion, why they didn't do anything. I don't think it had anything to do with it. They didn't follow process or anything like that. They just were scared. Second of all, um, going back to what Mike had said about um, the guy having a mental illness. I don't think he had a mental illness. I think they said they think he was bullied. And I think for, uh, for some reason lately or in, in the news in the last recent years, bullying has just gotten completely out of hand that you got these kids either taking their own lives or shooting somebody else because they're being bullied. And I don't really understand that because I figured like when I was bullied as a kid, I, I think we just kind of like dealt with it, I think, if I can kind of re- recall. But I didn't, I mean, I didn't think about going to shoot nobody. I think I might have told my parents or something about it or told my brothers, but I didn't I didn't have no thought in my mind to go shoot up somebody or go shoot that bully right. because he was bullying me. But I think that's the reason when they said he was, you know, going through something because he was being bullied. Again, for him to go shoot all those kids, I, I, that I still don't understand. But the mother did say she had an issue with her son. That's the reason why he was with the grandmother in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
So, and then, and I guess he probably didn't want to, you know, do what he was supposed to be doing. And the when he got mad and shot the grandmother. He, he didn't want to follow the directions. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm so sorry. We were talking about the situation that happened in Texas, uh, in Uvalde, Texas, but the, the 18 year old guy shot the school up. And we were talking in particular, I guess, now about the slow response by the police. That's a tough one. I, know. I mean, it's just it's just horrible that, you know, time after time, these situations keep happening. But in a lot of places, not just schools, you know, you got grocery stores, you got the malls, you got movie theaters, churches like it's it's just. It's like when it happens, it's like you just don't know what to say, but like. The only thing you can say is like, what again? Like, well, who is it this time? You know, like you you waiting to see who the shooter is. Um, and I was just watching a video of a three-year-old who was dismantling in an assault weapon. Yeah. And when I say like seemed like he was trained through the military or something, like that's how quick he was. Mm. Can you imagine? As he gets older, what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what is the mindset of these parents who who was letting him handle handle a gun like that? Like, I don't understand. Like, I mean, it's a different thing if you're taking your child hunting with you and stuff like that. You know, supposedly to watch and see, but I don't think you should be handling a gun until you get a certain age. And three year old should not be handling a gun at all. Uh, Tanya just left a message. She's, I, mean, I don't know if you guys saw that. She, she taught, she taught, she taught hers at nine years old, and she is correct. White people teach their kids all the time. And, that, and I think that kid in that video, Sandra, was white, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And he was, yeah. uh, he was, he, he wasn't no, between three and four years old. That's how young he was. Right. I mean, well, like, like uh, uh, Tanya said, um, and thank you for your comments, uh, Sandra. Like, like Tanya said, there are uh, white people, they teach their kids how to handle weapons uh, very young as well. Three might be kind of young. I mean, I, I would have the problem showing, showing my child, my son's 27. Um, I didn't, my dad didn't show me, it was a different time, I guess. My dad was in the military, he was a Marine. Uh, he retired from the Marines as well. But he didn't, um, I, we had guns in the house. I knew they were there, but I was so young at that time, and I was under 10. He didn't let us fool around his guns. So, I mean, I guess my mother probably wouldn't let him, but that's another story. But yeah, um, a lot of people, let me see here. Okay, from science to everyone, they have FOIA cards. She, I guess she's saying that these kids even have FOIA cards as well. Mm. So, I don't know uh, if, I don't know if, and Tanya, I'm going to ask her this real quick. I don't know if they even have FOIA cards in Illinois anymore, from what I understand, if you have concealed and carry. That's sufficient. Tanya, um, do you know is that correct or no? Constance says no. The the FOIA card, I can carry, I can have my weapon in my home, mm. but I can seal and carry as well. And my kids, my son does as well, and my daughter will too. She just turned 21. And I believe in them having guns. I absolutely do. White kids do it all the time, and they are. If you look at the videos like on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that, they were taught at an early age. I wish I, it's unfortunate that the young lady, you know, feel the way she feel. But I wish I had to start a man at three. I understand where she's coming from. But if they learn it, man, going to learn, too. OK, thanks, Tanya. 
Um, I guess when I when I asked about it in Indiana, they told me that it, it, it that I don't have to have a Ford car anymore. They told me that mm-hmm. I can still carry. That's it. That's all I need. So that's my yeah. when I was in Illinois, I had a Ford car. But when I moved, you know, they you know, again when I went and I was at, I was inquiring about it. They said, you know, no conceal and carry. Right. So, you, you know, my thing is, and, and everybody has their choice. Everybody has their right. You know, everybody as a parent going to do what they feel is best. Right. And like Tanya was saying, you know, where other states, other you know continents, where they're taught survival mode early. Mm-hmm. But to put a gun in a child's hand at three years old is almost like a dope man walking up to a 10-year-old saying, hey, man, I'm going to make you rich. Sell my dope. You know, you're going to get a fancy car. You're going to get jewelry. You're going to get clout. You're going to do this. I think with that being said, you know, we are forcing things on kids to wear they can't be kids anymore. You know, when we came up, what we defended ourselves, what was these right here? That was it, you know, but now the way of the world is, I'm gonna get a gun, I'm gonna shoot somebody. And that's why a lot of people are being shot because these kids don't know how to fight. They don't know how to defend themselves and their way of defending themselves is a gun, but you give them a gun they don't know how to shoot. They don't know who they're shooting at. You know, I think some of the things that we do that we think that's always right, I think we got to rethink some of these things. You know, I am blessed and fortunate enough to where I've, I've never, ever owned a gun. Never. Have I shot them? Yes. You know, uh, but I think to have that mindset to say, I'm going to get a gun to protect myself, I, I, I'm not there. Me, I'm still that dude. If I put my hands around your neck, I'm gonna choke the hell out of you. You know, I'm putting you to sleep, you know, versus me killing you and I have to live with the fact that I've taken a life, you know. Uh, I, I just think some things that we do as parents, we have to kind of rethink these things, you know. Um, but I do realize also too, the way the world is changing, sometimes your hand is being forced to make these dramatic choices and decisions, you know, to prepare our children, you know. Uh, but, you know, to each his own, you know, parents are going to raise their children to where they feel is the need to go. You know, my son, you know, has a concealment care. Both my daughters are, but they're of age. You know, I never ever said, hey, you got to get a gun to defend yourself, you know. I think about it, but then I learned the ratifications of it. If a man is in my house with my TV, I can't shoot him because now I shot a man who's what? No threat to me. If a man runs down the street with my TV and I shoot him in the back, guess what? He's no longer a threat to me. Laws are made, but if you don't know the ramification of it and the logistics of what's going on, your ass is going to jail. And then he can sue you and take everything you got, even though he was dead wrong. You know, but the, so, thing is, the thing is, though, if, they, if they're in your house, mm-hmm. and they are facing you and they are not trying to flee. You can shoot them whether he's holding your TV or, or, or not. If he's in your house, because mm-hmm. basically, and I agree with what you're saying as far as you suggest your, all of your kids are concealed and carry. My son mm-hmm. plans to. Mm-hmm. I didn't own a gun until I was um, only a couple, couple of years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Had I owned one sooner, I probably would have worked with him sooner. He's 27. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've gone to the range a couple of times together and right. we're going to do some more. But right. if I'm in my house and I'm in the bed and I hear something that shouldn't mm-hmm. be there, that's what that's for my protection. That's, mm-hmm. that's the, if, I mean, if we out the street someplace, I had a guy cut me off today. Mm-hmm. And I had to think about the whole situation. I am concealing here. Mm-hmm. I had to think about the entire situation. I can't blow my, you can't blow your horn or flash of light sometimes in some cases because that person, he's probably carrying, could be illegally right. carrying, which right. right. he's, he's right. probably packing something. Now, I don't want to get into a shootout with somebody because they cut me off. Right. So if you cut me off, yeah, I'm going to cuss you out. I'm going to cuss and I'm going to yell and scream in my own mm-hmm. car. But I'm not trying to get into, I, I don't have to prove that I'm a big, big guy because I, I, I work out or because I'm packing. It's not necessary. Right. Fine. You right. tell me if I'm angry, I'm going to live to, to, to get cut off again in a couple of days. But case right, right, yeah, right. But some people's mentality, their thought process is not that way. Let's, um, let me go to uh, Nate. I'm trying to, I'm sorry, Thaddeus, and see what he has to say about this. About this. So, Thaddeus, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. You got any comments? Um, yeah, I got a couple of comments. Okay. Um, let, me, let me start with the, the reaction of law enforcement. Like, like some of you guys said, they were afraid, but on the other hand, that's no excuse because two weeks prior to this incident, they had active shooter training. So I don't think there was an excuse for them not to go inside. It's like your job is, your first job line of duty as a law enforcement officer is to serve and protect, okay? Protect life, protect property and things of that sort. So there's no excuse for them not going in there in a timely fashion. Also, um, we talk about some of like the mental health issues that some of these people are, are experiencing. A lot of these people, you know, they do have suffered from mental health issues. But on the other hand, it's almost like, what, what kind of laws can you put in place that's really going to detect that? You have people who, who, are, who do have mental health issues, who, who do own firearms, but when you're doing the background check, there's nothing on it that, you know, they can easily lie and say, no, I don't have any mental health issues. If there's, there's no extensive background that any lawmaker can put in place unless you're going to require every individual who wants to be a, a owner of a firearm to go through a, a mental health examination. I was just going to ask you that, Thaddeus, since, since you brought it up, I was going to ask you if you thought that that might be something that they might consider. And you just, you just, you just said it. That's something that they possibly could consider. And on the other hand, it's like, if someone refuses, ah, I don't want to go through it, then no, you don't, you don't get to possess it. You don't get to own a gun. Okay. That's a good point. But also, um, I think today in today's day and age, a lot of people have been desensitized to shootings. Like when we were younger, you, let's say, look at some of the video games we played. What, Duck Hunt, mm-hmm. um, Contra, things of that sort. Yeah. Those, yeah. Were the, the, those were the shooting games that we played. Okay, mm-hmm. now today you look at things like Call of Duty. Almost mm-hmm. every video game that's the top selling video game out is a shooting game. And not yeah, just Grand some, Theft not Auto. The, yeah, Grand Theft, things of that sort. So they've been desensitized to these things. So mm-hmm. that's why I think that some of them is, is, you know, regardless of what, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, they all play these video games. So actually acting out these things, it's like they don't really, it doesn't affect them how it would have affected us when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think about um, gun safety. Now, someone mentioned about the, a video, a three-year-old was learning gun safety. 
I don't know, that might be a little bit too old because I don't think that a three-year-old can comprehend. You teach him something today, he's not going to remember it tomorrow. But I think you need to teach, if you're going to be a gun owner, you need to teach your children gun safety at a very young age. Mm -hmm. If it's seven, if it's eight, I still think that it needs to be taught. So that's just my thought on it. Well, that is, let me ask you this. You were speaking before about the officers that responded slowly or whatever. What, what what does that say, in your opinion, about a, a police officer? Hell, even an adult that can see these children are in, are in danger, they're in jeopardy, and, and, and you, you just chicken out because you're, I mean, you would think that most adults would be like just wanting to protect the children. But, but as some, in this case here, it seems like what you were saying, what I think was constantly saying, they just seem to be scared. Well, what do you think that that says about those kind of people? I don't want to generalize all law enforcement because if you take uh, this situation and put it in another, you know, another uh, city. Uh, uh, I don't mean all law enforcement. I mean, it's so all those particular officers. Yeah. I think if you look at the, the size of the town, it's an extremely small, mm -hmm. majority mm -hmm. Hispanic town. So that mindset, even after that training, that mindset was probably nothing like this had ever happened here. So mentally, they never prepared themselves for it. But right. as, right. as law enforcement, you have to always, if you go through certain trainers, you go through those trainers for a reason. If it happens in Chicago, it can happen in any other small little town across this entire mm -hmm. country. So I think they didn't, I don't think they took it seriously. I think they just went through the training because the training was a requirement by, by the agency and by the state of Texas. And then when they were faced with that, with, with that situation, they just simply, not that they didn't know what to do, they didn't want to do what they had to do because their mindset, it was like, hey, it's my life or theirs. They they had no no regard to who was in there being executed. And that's just the way I look at it. Gotcha. Thanks, Thaddeus. Uh, Nate, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, he's fine now. Something you was doing. You're better? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll just, I'll just be brief with it. Uh, the young lady made a point earlier about teaching her, her kids about gun control. And my brother made the same point about gun control right, about teaching them about guns and so forth, right? Uh, someone mentioned earlier in the discussion about how white people teach uh, their kids about guns and so forth, um, not only about guns, but about other things about life. And I think that we don't do that. What I mean by that is that, just to be brief, Sunday, uh, they were talking on WVON about marriage. And, you know, uh, we're traumatized about marriage. We, we are the lowest rate of, you know, marriage, okay? They was like, our marriage, and I know this is a little off subject, but I'm just making a point about things that we are taught. They talked about it starts at home. The things that we teach our kids and we take the energy to teach our kids about, you know what I mean? It has nothing to do with life. It prepares us for casualties of life, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So when I see things on the news with those kids, man, can you imagine the funeral home brothers and sisters of the people mm -hmm. who had to prepare them bodies? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So the point that I'm making is that with all this stuff that's going on, it keeps happening. It keeps happening. This world is, is the devil's, man. I don't care what nobody say. The stuff that just keep on happening. There's some good things happening, but they're not talked about enough. We keep preparing ourselves and putting our energy into this to prepare for something that's already happening. I had not talked about this earlier about the so-called war on drugs. That's a lie. Because wars end. There's a reason why guns are being sold, drugs are being sold. There's a financial gain. That's why the laws are not going to change in favor of what's right. This, this country has compromised their morals for that dollar sign. Y'all see it all the time. That's what mm -hmm. the problem is. 
Even yeah. though we can protest, we can protest all we want. We need guns. Them people, the people who have the real power, they're not changing them laws. It's too much money nope. involved. That's like stopping dope from coming over here. That's not yep. gonna happen. How long? How long has it been? You know, a war on drugs. And if any of you all watch Snowfall, that's real, dog. That's real. Yeah. That's yeah. real. Still going on. People locked up for drugs. Now it's guns. It's guns mm-hmm. and drugs. And who is it affecting yeah. the most? Our community. Our community is that it's affected. Period. Someone's not even here yet. 52 nope. people got shot yesterday. 52 on a three three-day weekend. Man, look. And, and 13 died in Philadelphia. This is what I'm saying. So add that up nationwide. It's not just in Chicago. Baltimore is off the chain. Everywhere is off the chain. My thing is this. When you hear that stuff and you process it, because we all are traumatized from it to a certain extent. It can do something to you. You might not notice it. It does something to your mood. It does something to your mindset. When you go to sleep at night for watching that stuff on the news, it does something to you. It, it'll have you thinking that you're not blessed. We all are blessed because we are here to talk about what's going on. But those families that lost those kids and those babies, man, their family is never going to be the same. So let's just keep that in perspective as we move forward and ask God to help us with the solution to what's really going on because there's a spiritual warfare going on. And I'm done, brother. That's it. Okay. Thanks for those comments, Nate. You know, speaking of those, those children that you were talking about, I saw, I think Constance spoke to the video today. I think that was you, Constance, about the um, the caskets that they, that they, the one guy was making for all the little babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had caskets with a Superman emblem on it, transforming. It was, it was just heartbreaking when uh, she had posted that earlier on uh, on Facebook, I believe, where you, you want to- Yeah. Yeah, they had, um, the, the caskets are actually made in Georgia. Um, some parts of Georgia, and they had had a kid that rushed to get them get them made and get them back to Texas, so those guys could actually put those designs. They actually did different type of cartoon characteristics on the caskets wow. for those kids. Yeah, they made. Um, I think they said they're making nineteen of them mm. um, for all kids and one for the one adult. Right. Right. Wow. To get get them ready for those funerals. Mm. It was, that was really nice. That's what I said. I was really nice. That was I was at a loss for words when I saw it. Like, oh my god, yeah. that's just that's way too much. Yeah. Thanks again, Constance. Well, Mike, uh, in the interest of time, it's um, yeah. a little late. We want to just yeah. We're gonna just how about we get a thought for the week? First, I want to thank everybody for joining us as usual. We appreciate you guys, each and every one. But we are going to let him do his thing as he does so well and send us off for the week. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank, thank you to everyone. Uh, we say it time and time again, and because we mean it, we cannot do this without you guys. You know, me and Thomas have planted this seed in the ground, and we're hoping that this tree grows, and this tree grows, you guys will be the leaves on this tree. And with that being said, you know, life is so precious, but it's not promising to us. Nate said that, you know, we have to be thankful for what we have. Do we always have what we want? No, we don't, but we really lack for nothing. And to see these young children lose their lives at such an early age, you know, we have to be thankful that our children have grown up, you know, and we pray to watch their children grow up, you know, and with that being said, We just have to pray and ask God to watch over us, you know, allow Jesus' blood to fall over us, to keep us from hurt, harm, and danger. And we really, really have to pray for those who are suffering from mental illness, those who are less fortunate than we are. 
we sometimes want to have a pity party. We want to have that why me moment, you know, but we have to realize and be thankful for where we are at because like I said, life is not promised to us. Learn to live life to the fullest and not to the foolish. Laugh, love, and smile, and thank God for what you have, no matter what is going on. Give God the glory, and I always say he will rewrite your story, and we all will have happy endings. Very good, my man, very good. Again, thank you guys for joining us, and yes, we'll see you in the streets. Thank <laughs> you.